Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Bikes for Death podcast. As always, my name is Patrick. I'm your host, and I've got a couple of guests with me today who are wrapped up in internet controversy. Oh, once again. That's right, Lael and Rue are on the podcast today to talk about uh, Lael's new FKT that she just set this past Thursday on the Arizona Trail. She set a time of nine days, eight hours, and 23 minutes, which bested the previous FKT set by Nate Ginston, who came in at nine days, 10 hours, and, and 44 minutes. Shortly after she finished, there was a post made on the Arizona Trail Instagram page that stated that Lael's time would not be recognized as the record for violating rules regarding media crew and visitations on course. I wish I could say that her ITT sparked a discussion about the rules surrounding self-supported bikepack races, but instead, uh, most people were just quick to make assumptions and cast aspersions before Lael and Rue could even dust themselves off after a massive effort in the desert. And to me, this was the saddest part. It's fine to have opinions and to disagree. But the manner it's being conducted online is toxic, it's narrow-minded, and it's damaging to our sport and our community. So on today's episode, we are going to address many of the issues that were brought up online and actually give Lael and Rue a chance to weigh in. Now, I know the internet has already figured this all out, but in case you're wondering what Lael and Rue think about all this, I definitely think it's worth a listen. All right, there's a lot of people that want to get into today's episode, I'm sure. But before we do, let's take a moment to thank the people that made today's episode possible, starting with our newest batch of patrons. We had quite a few sign up, and I appreciate that. So, Stephen Bear, Zach Allen, Caleb Eckelberger, Matt Dixon, Benjamin Waynehouse, Matt Seahawson, and Jack P., Jack, I wish I could pronounce your last name, but I think I would just butcher it. So thank you, Jack P. Thank you, everybody, for signing up. And if you would like to support this podcast, you can find out more over at patreon.com forward slash bikes or death. Now, today's episode is also brought to us by my friends over at Wren. All right, Cameron, welcome back to the podcast. I know you've been sick, so it's good to see you feeling better. Uh, I wanted to catch up with you and uh, see what's going on with Wren. Yeah, so we got a sale going on right now with our Boost 110 Travel Inverted Suspension Fork. This is the same fork that uh, Ryan Dozer has been on the channel, got the great YouTube channel as well. It's what he's been riding around uh, the last few years all over the world on his uh, Priority 600X. So that same fork can be snagged right now off um, the RIN website uh, for $150 off. Awesome. Well, that does sound cool, and I encourage people to go check that out. Y'all also donated a beefcake fork to the uh, East Texas Showdown raffle, and that was really appreciated by us at Bikes for Death and also the recipient. That was like, I mean, whenever I told people about it, I was like, this is the big one, y'all. So uh, that was super dope to get one of those out. 
So, you know, one thing that I really like about you, Cameron, is that whenever I uh, asked you what you wanted to talk today about, you're like, you know what, people are probably tired of getting sold something all the time. Let, let's talk about my recent trip. So you came all the way from Alaska to Missouri, and I know you did some kind of bikepacking trip, but on top of that, you were uh, sick with the strep? I was, yeah. I left Alaska, sick with strep, really worried. Just I was on antibiotics when I started my my trip. My coming to Alaska was kind of like a Chris McCandless story. I flew up couple days after high school with just a backpack and nothing else. So I'm a, I'm a Southern Missouri boy. Didn't grow up biking. Haven't gone back to do any sort of riding other than some down in Arkansas and Bentonville. And um, I grew up right off the Ozark Trail. That's about 300 miles of almost contiguous single track, really rough stuff in the Ozark uh, Mountains. You know, it's been on my bucket list to go back. It's not something people normally bike pack, and I just wanted to to take that on. So this was the year. Yeah, it looked like a, a huge, huge challenge. Many people may not know. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but you have a, a pretty large Instagram account personally, Renaissance Cyclist. What's the uh, username there, and is that the best place for people to kind of follow along some of your personal journeys? Yeah, if people want to follow along my personal adventures, it's uh, just the at renaissance.cyclist on Instagram. That's where I'm most prolific. You can get a much more in detailed look at my my adventures on my Flickr account, which you can find the link to through Instagram. But yeah, that's where I where I upload some some updates. And yeah, Missouri beat me up <laughs> worse than I would have expected. You would think for somebody who's done the La Ruta Mala across Cuba, the Baja Divide. Um, you know, I've been working for six years on this Eastern Oregon thousand mile epic, and who lives and rides in Alaska. Coming to the Midwest should be a, a cakewalk, but um, I think from for raw, just destroy you kind of riding, it, it, it was the hardest trip I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, it looked pretty brutal, and that is illuminating. You know, I've I've ridden in that area, and it is challenging, and I think it's deceivingly challenging, and so that kind of puts it in perspective. So, yeah, listeners, man, go check out rinsports.com and uh, pick you up one of those forks. They got a great sale going on, I hear. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Cameron. We'll catch up with you again soon. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Thanks, Patrick. Everybody, welcome back to the podcast, Tori from Mulberry Gap. Tori, spring is springing, and it's time to answer the most important question. When is the best time for people to visit Mulberry Gap? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having us. Um, yes, so the big question is different for everyone. But when you're trying to plan the best time to come to Mulberry Gap, something to keep an eye out for is our special events calendar. We have the summer camp vibe going on all the time, but you can really crank it up a notch by coming during one of our event weekends. There are all sorts of events throughout the year. Some are like small clinics with just four or five people there, and some are the big rides or theme weekends that have 50 plus folks. Uh, we change up our offerings year by year, but we have a few examples to tell you about today. Yeah, let's hear them. Yeah, so one of our oldest annual events is the Turkey Shuffle. This year is going to be the 12th annual, and it's taking place the Saturday right after Thanksgiving on November 26th. Turkey Shuffle is our biggest fundraising event of the year. It supports the local bike club chapter and our youth mountain bike team. And essentially, it's a cross between a scavenger hunt and a mini adventure race. You show up, get a list of cool locations, and when the uh, starting line rolls out, People spend the next several hours scrambling around the North Georgia mountains, 
uh, heading to all the different locations and earning tickets along the way. You come back and have the chance to uh, win a huge variety of prizes donated by gear companies, race organizers, outdoor experiences, and more. It's super fun. And over the last 11 years, we've raised about $15,000 to support youth riders and the trails in our area. Wow, nice. We're super excited about one of our newest events. Uh, This year is going to be the very first Mulberry Gap Pride Weekend. It's going to be the weekend of June 10th through the 12th, and it's open to everyone who wants to support LGBTQ folks. You know that's going to be a fun weekend. We're super stoked. We've been hoping for two years to do this now, and uh, COVID was happening, but we are ready to roll. There's going to be food and music and games and some group rides and hikes and the ever-popular bike limbo competition. Um, It's going to be kind of small this year, so people have the chance to get in on the front side, but we're hoping to grow it into something really spectacular over the next few years. And... At long last, one of our most long-awaited events is a series of special shuttles to give folks a taste of the TNGA, that uh, 350-mile bikepacking race that we've talked about. People always say, can I just do part of it? (laughs) And so we've divided up the 350 miles into three segments, and we're running shuttles to assorted drop-offs and pickups over June and July to give chance of folks to pre-ride before the big event or break it into manageable sections or just to really get a taste of what TNGA is all about. Y'all have thought about just about everything. One thing that I'm really uh, learning through these mini pods is how much y'all are doing and how busy I'm sure all of you are. Sounds like if somebody wants to learn more about these events, that that y'all have a, a special events section on your website? Absolutely. All you have to do is go to mulberrygap.com and you can click on the events button and find out everything. Awesome. Well, thank you for uh, coming on and telling us about all these events. Sounds like you might need to get off the phone and go start doing some work to get ready for all this. Sounds like a plan. (laughs) Thank you, Tori. Have a good one. You too. All right, everybody. Bills are paid. Now let's get down to business. I really appreciate so much Leon Rue coming on and sharing their time and discussing this with me and sharing their opinions and weighing in on this topic. We had planned to do an episode after she finished, before all the drama even started. But I'm really glad that we did have it scheduled because, yeah, I thought it was really kind of unfair the way that people went on having all kinds of conversations uh, without even giving Leil and Rue the opportunity and the respect and the consideration to weigh in themselves. So without further ado, let's have Miles Arbor take it away with the Bikes for Death theme song. You load up your bike, you ride away from home. You could be with your friends or you could be alone. You ride for a day or maybe more. You just love being in the great outdoors. Everything you need is strapped to your bars, including that new pillow you got from Santa Claus. And then you think, Oh shit to yourself. You left that super lightweight tent on the living room shelf. Bikes. I'm, you know, I'm doing good. Um, I got a bad haircut this week, but, and that's kind of like a bummer, but, you know, more interested to know how you're doing. (laughs) Oh man, I'm dead. I am physically and mentally pretty dead, but uh, happy. And we've just been packing. We're going to Spain tomorrow. So yeah, everything's good. Excited to be in Europe for the summer and uh, happy with the Arizona trail ride. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. Really? 
Yeah, it was so the, That one was the hardest? It's the hardest for sure. My hands are totally numb. I can hardly button my pants. <laughs> well, it's a good thing Rue's there. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I keep asking her for help for stuff like twisting a jar or whatever. It's just, it's so tough. But it was cool. It was kind of like a hybrid ride where, you know, you walk probably 40% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Which is okay. You know, I like walking. So that was. <laughs> well, you used to be a runner. So yeah, you're, you exactly. got some, you know, you can, you can do that. I know y'all do a lot of hiking and stuff. Um, well, I'm happy to hear that you're in a good disposition. You say everything is good. Uh, like there isn't this whole internet shit storm going on. And uh, I do appreciate you taking the time, both of y'all, to chat, uh, especially being so fresh off the AZT. And I know that y'all are headed to Spain tomorrow. Um, but I mean, I guess my first question is like, how aware are you of like all the BS and all the drama that's going on? on the internet. And I mean, like, how, how does that affect you? You know, you know, I mean, to be honest, I'm not digging too deeply into it because I've been dealing with this. We've been dealing with this kind of harassment since 2019. Right. And it's just every season it comes back up, you know, yeah. and I'm like, I dedicated probably two years to trying to empathize with some of these people trying to see their point of view. And I think it's, pretty ludicrous. And, you know, I mean, the thing is, Rue and I've been talking a lot about this is that our intention is only to uh, encourage people to like share stories, to show people it's possible, to show people that haven't, aren't even aware that bikepacking exists, that it's a possibility, that the Arizona Trail exists, that this is like a national treasure, something that they could access. You know, that's the point. And then I'm not trying to take anything away from the, you know, this core of folks that want the sport to not be shared and want it to be their own thing. That that's fine. There's room for all of this. You know, yes. like, I'm actually fine with not even being considered part of the Arizona trail race because, you know, they have their set of rules and that's fine. And they can have their list on the internet of their records and that's fine too. I don't even have to be considered. You know, the thing is I went to ride the trail on my own time, self-supported. The thing that I don't agree with is that people are trying to tell me that having media coverage makes my ride supported. I don't buy it. You know, it's like yeah. somebody taking your picture means that you're going to be able to pedal across the state, you know, days faster than the other people. I don't buy it. Yeah. And I mean, this is what I think we need to talk about, not to be controversial, but because, um, the reality is, is all these people are coming to conclusions. There's all kinds of accusations and assumptions. And the reality is, is that all of this is going on and y'all haven't even, you know, you're, you're getting home, you're unpacking, and you haven't even had a chance to like process it and weigh in and say, well, what was my approach to this event? And how do I feel about this? You know, and people are just like automatically attacking both, you know, the whole thing. And it's, that's, that to me is what 
made me really want to hop on is because this is obviously an issue that, you know, after 2019 is not going away and we need to talk about. And if we can't talk about it, then people are just going to talk shit on the internet. And that's not, that's not productive, you know? And so it's like you said, there is, um, space for everybody. And, um, I, and, I, I mean, the, the two camps, you know, it's like, I've, receive so many positive messages or people that are supporting me or have my back. But like, that's also to some degree at the, you know, at the cost of the other side where they're like saying some ugly words about whoever's on the other side of this argument, which I'm like that, you know, I'm glad to be supported, but I also like, I don't want to encourage negativity. It's like, yeah, this is like a sport that we should be celebrating. Right. We should be celebrating the different approaches, fast, slow, you know, however you want to go, go by yourself and don't tell anybody, take pictures and share those. I don't know, bring right. your friends, don't bring your friends. You know, it's like, I want everybody to be able to experience it in their own way. And I don't feel like we're running out of space. I feel like there's so much room to get more people into this. And especially like in a time when there's so many other hard things happening, you know, it's like so many other like kind of downers of like, oh, this was canceled that I can't do this person's sick. You know, I lost my job, whatever. It's like, what if, can bikepacking be like the good part of people's lives, whether they're like following as fans or they're participating or there's like, you know, of course, that kind of mix where they see something and they get inspired and they go. You know, that's, that's what we're trying to do. And I mean, the other thing about it is that it's so hard to document this ride. I mean, it's harder to document than it is to ride it. It's so (laughs) remote, like for Rue and Sean to come find me, they had to like drive hundreds of miles, get on their bikes, stash their bikes, hike out on the trail. I mean, this was like, and then wait for hours because it would take me hours to get there. Sometimes I was riding like two miles an hour for hours. You know, this is so challenging. Like both Rue and I going into this project, were like super intimidated. We're like, this is the hardest thing we've ever done. Both Rue for accessing the trail and documenting and me for riding it. I was so scared. I mean, it's terrifying. It's so remote, so prickly. And like, you know, it's it's hard. So I feel, I feel so proud of what we did out there. You know, I rode my heart out. Rue captured it so beautifully. We went through the footage today uh, and it's exceptional and super excited to share a video, you know, and also it's like a, it's a redemption ride for me. I had to quit in 2015. So pumped right. I got to do it. I've been thinking about it for seven years. And that's the bummer really is that you can't even enjoy what you're doing because it's being overshadowed by all this, you know, nonsense, uh, and people, yeah, making a big deal about things that we don't. It's okay to disagree, right? But it's like, how are we going to go about it? And are we going to just be a community and be like, yeah, Leo and Rue are doing great things and there's a space for that and then there's another space for this. And, you know, like, why aren't we having a different kind of conversation about, like, the way to move forward and the way to get rid of some of this ambiguity and the way to get rid of some of this uncertainty and the double standards that I think clearly exist um, in this sport um, you know, there's, there's a lot of layers of, of problems, but okay. So the, the, the first question I want to ask you or y'all, you know, is like going into the AZT, this FKT attempt, were, I mean, first of all, were you aware of the rule of no media and two, 
you know, how did that impact your approach? Was it just like, we're going to go do our thing and, and let the chips fall where they may, or, or, or like, what was your like thought or awareness going into it? Honestly, I didn't know it was a rule and I didn't really consider it because I was going for an ITT. So I figured we're not influencing anybody else out there. And I attempted in 2015 with an actual media crew and that was fine. So I, I didn't know, you know, that there was this new rule posted on the website Uh and that's my problem for not reading that thoroughly. Right. But even in retrospect, I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean that, you know, I mean, that's kind of one of the questions is like, what, what do you see as like your role or or what are your goals in the sport? Are you, you know, is your main goal to inspire? And like you said, get kids or, you know, the next generation excited about bikepacking the same way that ride the divide did, you know, can we acknowledge the fact that so many of our, us are here because of that film, you know, and the impact that that has and continues to have like, or are you like, yeah, how much do you care about this FKT? Actually, you already kind of answered that, but you can still speak yeah, about it. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, the thing is also that, uh, you know, this route exists beyond this dedicated race. So I feel like there is so much uh, credit to just going after the route. Same with the Great Divide mountain bike route. That's an Adventure Cycling Association route. Tour Divide is just ripping off the route and hosting a race on it. It gets a lot of attention because it's a race, but adventure cycling should get the credit for the route. They put so much work into that. Mac McCoy scouted the route in the nineties in a Jeep and like spent months making detailed maps, getting the best route, finding resources. And then, you know, tour divide just takes it and is like, and then everybody thinks they own the route, which they don't, you know, it's like, we should really give credit to these groups, these nonprofits that are putting so much heart and energy into creating basically these free resources. You know, that's, I mean, to me, that's, those are the heroes. Well, that, that's one of my like kind of issues with, you know, the system we have in place is that, you know, I mean, I did like a silly online poll and I know that's not scientific, but does media crew equal support? 80% 80% of the people that voted said no. And a lot of people voted. I've been getting all, I've been on the phone. I've been text messaging. I mean, it's crazy. My whole life has been like dealing with this. Uh, You're but like I the took expert it. now though. No, you, I no, mean, no. you probably know all the odds and ends. And to me, I'm just like, oh, you know, but, I'm like, but you're, but here, and I think that I'm happy to hear that. I I want you to have that attitude. I don't, I don't think you need to get into the weeds. You need to be an athlete and do in, and like let other people kind of sort it out. But you, because you've been at the sport for so long, you started out without any documentation. You've done races where you've had documentation, you've done well. You've had some where you had documentation, you didn't do well. Uh, you know, you've, you've run the gamut, but you are probably the most well-documented, you know, bike packer right now. And because of that, you have a unique perspective that nobody else has. Everybody else is saying, oh, well, there's no way that can't be support. And they're, you know, but, but I mean, have they had a film crew? Have they gone through, you know, Trans America and, you know, not had a film crew and then done Tour Divide and have, you know, like they don't have that same perspective that you have. So, I mean, my question to you is, what what is that like? How does having a media crew impact you? Is it a benefit? Is it negative? Is it neutral? 
I mean, at this point, I think I'm used to it and I'm, and that's good. It's a level of professionalism that it requires because also, I mean, imagine being sleep deprived, having a nosebleed, having stuff break and having a camera on you all that time. You know, that's tough. It originally was tough having a camera on me when I was in my lows, not having a good time. You know, it's like, it's hard to allow people to see you like that when you're failing, you know? And then I realized like, that's just part of it, you know? And, And then I also realized I'm human. People want to follow the story. It's fine. You know, it's like we have footage after I drank like half a gallon of ice cream and my stomach is like huge. And that's (laughs) funny. You know, it's like, it's fine. You don't have to be looking like a rock star all the time. Or it's like Rude took photos of me with like a massive nosebleed. I mean, like I look like a crazy person, you know, and that's just how it is. I'm like running around the store, grabbing chips and hot dogs and putting them in a plastic bag, you know, it's yeah. like, and sleeping in that post office, to, like people judging you and it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's, that's how people are. It's no big deal, but right. I feel like it took me some time to kind of adjust to that and to also be able to maintain my focus because I'm pretty obsessed with getting good results. Like, and the only way you do that is by staying focused, staying on your bike, not wasting time. There's no other way to do it. I mean, like, yeah, your riding speed changes, you mount, you sleep changes, but you really have to stay on the bike and not let things distract you. I mean, and what, what about, you know, having, I mean, this idea that a camera is going to make you race faster or having your wife there, you know, in some kind of proximity is going to somehow elevate your ability to perform as an athlete. Yeah, I know. It's it's like, is that going to like, is that like a tailwind? (laughs) I don't know. That's like an e-bike. Rue is your (laughs) e-bike. Or it's like, I mean, really, you know, it's like, like the tour divide in 2019, my parents wanted to like, just see me a few times along the route. And I had to tell them, no, they drove their minivan down from Alaska to the start. They were like, oh yeah, maybe we could see you a couple of times down the route to see the places you're seeing. And I had to tell them no. And then I'm like, would that have sped me up? No way. I would have stopped to talk to them for an hour. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's I mean, like, like the- that's not, that's not faster. Yeah. It might right. be fun, but it's not faster. You know, You're not so, going to be able to make up those 30 minutes by pumping out an extra 100 watts or 50 watts or oh, whatever, yeah, you know, from like, like mom power. Yeah, mom power. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, you know, this this argument, it just seems like so kind of arbitrary. It's like of all the things you could pick on, you know, what what is with this? But people are yeah. pretty obsessed with it. At this they point. are. And, you know, I don't know why it's just this. And I'm glad Rue came back because I was actually about to ask her a question. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) I wanted, um, Rue, I wanted to get your thoughts. I mean, as part of this media crew, I mean, who was the media crew? And, And I mean, what are your personal like ethics and ethos on capturing the race? And I assume you're trying to do it and, and not be supportive, not interfere, just capture. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I have a background in photojournalism and then you know, you have this kind of standard of ethics, right? You're a fly on the wall. You don't want to influence anything. And then I think, you know, maybe there's some kind of a difference between media coverage and media crew, right? The word media crew is kind of being tossed around a lot. And um, 
actually, you know, when we were documenting this, um, it was myself and it was Josh Weinberg, who is with The Radivist, the editor for The Radivist, and then Sean Randolph, who is a local friend from Tucson, just helping me drive around because, you know, this is going to take Lail took her nine and a half days. Yeah. So that's like a lot of time to be driving and navigating and editing and some point you have to sleep and eat, you know, so we had him along, but I think we, you know, we try to be like flies on the wall and then the route is so hard to access that when we would see Lil, we just try to make the most where, you know, we'd have stills going like a video camera on a tripod going and then get a drone in the air. And then, you know, you see her for, five minutes and then that's it. Right. Yeah. So I think like the exposure is very limited, but, um, well, the, I mean, as a person who's also tried to cover media events, I have my own event and I try to capture, we had, you know, a film crew out at my race that we just did in Texas. And it is for people who don't do it. It's, it's exhaustive work. Like in, in one day on my, in day one on my race, I drove 400 miles in eight hours of moving time, you know, just driving all over the place and you're not sleeping, you know, you're, and like you, you know, you're trying to, you're sending updates to, you know, Instagram and trying to like stay on top of that and tell the story as you're going. Um, you're not just like, it's not like a vacation where you're like, yeah, I like the way, the way you put it. Like when Willie comes in, it's all hands on deck. You're not there to like socialize and play and hug and kiss. You're there to like do a job. Lael's there to race and Rue and the crew, you got to get a drone, drone shot. You got to get audio. You got to get video and some stills, you know, you're there to produce a content, you know, you're there to do a job. Right. And then I think also because we're documenting Lael, I think we kind of are thinking too, it's like, well, Lil's going to get an asterisk next to her name. You know, we're trying to be as ethical as we can because we want to show that this could be done ethically, right? We're not helping right. her, supporting her. But then, you know, accusations have been thrown out that, you know, the media crew did much more than document the race, right? I mean, I, I Where's like, the proof of that? Right. And, totally. and also to make that happen, you have to have four people culpable in that effort, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. Like the idea that, you know, documenting events allows for more cheating is is a little silly to me. Well, when, it'd be a lot easier to cheat and not document it. I mean, come on. The thing is, if you document it, then people can see what's actually happening. You could just people could just have a crew show up and help them out. And I think some people do stuff like that, which is unfortunate, yeah. but also I don't care. This sport is supposed to be about <laughs> honesty and integrity mm -hmm. and taking on challenges to the best of your ability and being like a fair racer. And I feel great about what we're doing. And I want to share those stories. I want to show people the beauty of these places. You know, nobody gets to see these places. I rode through Arizona through the cactus bloom with wildflowers, with snow in the North. You know, it's like, and then Rue and Sean saw the Gila monster, Quadamundi, you know, deer, elk, lizards, snakes. They saw like everything. It's like, those are things that we want to show people like what you actually see out there because, you know, people think of the desert. They think it's a wasteland. It is so alive, you know, and it's like, let's share that. There's so many just beautiful things that we can work with this work on this for you know so it's like to to be limited you know because of some arbitrary rule i'm like i'm fine not being in your race that's yeah. fine well and it's like and 
Oh, I'm sorry. Rue, go ahead. Oh, no, no. We'll, we'll just talk. You know, I feel like the rules change, right? So mm-hmm. you have, you know, all respect to John Schilling and all that he's done for the AZTR. You know, he was in touch with um, myself and Josh during Lale's ride. And, you know, it just felt like the rules kept changing. So I have yeah. like a message that Josh shared with me that John Schilling wrote. And he said, you know, yes, I'm aware of Rue updating Lale's IG account. The issue here is, and correct me if I'm wrong, both Josh and Rue are taking picks for the Rapist. If Josh was simply a friend from Phoenix coming to picket posts like I was, it wouldn't be an issue. But both are under the Rativist umbrella, hence a crew. By that logic, another Rativist friend who lived around Flagstaff could then follow along, right? Doesn't work that way. So it kind of feels like, all right, if you took photos and then didn't do anything with them, that would be fine. Or just put them on Facebook. Right. You know, <laughs> if you have Horrible. like it, like you're a real plan to share a story, then that's not allowed. Right. It becomes your crew instead of just documenting just, something. Well, personal. There's a ton of a- ambiguity. Yeah, that I you, know. That's a great word for it. And, you know, Lael, to pick up on what you were saying about the the ethics of bike pack racing, and I'm not a racer, but I've talked to a couple and I'm here to learn more than anything, but is we allow for a lot of kind of an on your honor system. You know, we don't know if people are caching water. We don't know if people are caching food. We don't know if people are hitching a ride and going 12 miles an hour. We don't know if people are taking illicit drugs and, you know, riding through the night. You know, it's like, which I'll just say real quick on the drugs. I know for a fact that there's some athletes out there that take, you know, performance or, you know, illicit drugs to stay up through the night that do for a fact alter your ability psychologically, emotionally, and all these things. Nobody cares about that. But right. if you have a perceived possible advantage with, you know, somebody seeing you on course, that is a shitstorm. Like, can we talk about like the fucking double standard there? I know. I totally agree. I mean, people are like straight up doping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's it's like fair. Not a problem. I know, but I'm also like, whatever. That's not I my know, right? Like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to say they can't do that. But why are they telling me what I can and can't do? You know, it's like this is supposed to be you take on the challenge, you ride your ride, you ride with as much heart as you have. And then, yeah, I'd love to share that story, too. I don't want to just only be on track leaders and only have my name printed on a page. Like there's so much more like rich material in there that is awesome, you know? And it's like, I've, I, I've come to that conclusion from racing the Tour Divide twice and riding to the start twice with zero media and riding the Trans Am with only the race director driving around in a Saturn and occasionally taking a couple of photos, which I'm grateful that they did right. because like, at least I have something from that, but I think I have like three photos from the 4,200 mile Trans Am. Wow. Yeah. You know, it took me 18 days. Imagine if we could have documented that well. That would have been a great one because that was just fun to watch the dots. I mean, if you could actually like follow yeah, it, that would have been amazing. Something out of that, you know? Yeah. And it's also like, yeah, there's this excitement of the race, but what about the terrain? You know, it's like, I, I just want people to get to see what I see. And if they do see it, then maybe they'll actually want to go ride there, like Kyrgyzstan. Who would want to ride there if they didn't see photos and videos from what it looks like? Oh, not me. <laughs> Never. You know, people would be like, where the hell is that? Why? That's would a I great example. Yeah. You know? and that's a great like, example. It's, 
exceptional. So it's like that, that's like the driving force. And then this is like, this is what Rue is best at, you know? And it's like, I'm so fortunate that she's there and able to capture this stuff. I can't do it. You know, I would, and for, even for me to like, look back on the things we've gotten to do together, I'm like, it's, those, it's so beautiful. You just can't keep those images in your mind, you know, but yeah. to be able to have those for ourselves and to share them, you know, it's like, well, I, I think there's so. no doubt that you've done more for this sport and are doing more for this sport right now than anybody period end of statement in terms of helping to grow it. I mean, you just gave a goddamn Ted talk, you know, like, I mean, you're, <laughs> you're, you know, you are, um, probably the most important and well-known bike packer out there right now. And maybe that's why people like to kind of, you know, target you, but I've been, I've spent a lot of time over the last couple of days. I, I don't like drama. First of all, I don't really try to bother myself with it, but I'm really sick and tired of all these people just saying stuff without talking to y'all, hearing what you think, having all these opinions and double standards. So let's just go through a couple real quick because in 2019, Lachlan Morton set an FKT on the Cocapelli trail. He had a film crew. He had a car following him right next to him, filming the damn thing. And he had his dad and his brother on course that he saw multiple times. No problems. Okay. Next, next year, you, Kate, and Kurt all go out to give your crack at it, right? Yeah. And who's there? Rue? And, and who else? But there's a film crew, right? Right. Yep. There was yeah. a movie crew for Kurt and Kate. And so the interesting thing is like Kurt and Kate, there was a video, it was a sponsored video. It was a commercial thing. So was Lachlan's. Uh, they, in that instance, you know, there's a couple things there. In that instance, did that film crew help Kurt and Kate, but um, not you? You know, like, how did they get the benefit of the media crew and not you, right? right. And, and why, why did nobody care? Like, why did nobody say any? And I'm not trying to, I don't care. They go and do it. You go and do yours. That's the thing is like, but I can't, I can't get over the fact that it seems targeted at you. And I'm like, why? There's a huge double standard. And I think it's worth talking, at least letting people know, y'all need to get your, your facts straight, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, that thing, so the Cocopelli Trail with Kurt and Kate, I'm a huge fan of Kate. Uh I love what she does. I'm so inspired by her. And she was, you know, had, was basically making a comeback from terrible accident. And she asked me, Hey, would you come along for this Cocopelli ride? Uh, we're making a video about it. And I haven't ridden that far in years. And I was like, hell yeah, I was not in shape for it. I was coming from Alaska from sea level, but I was like, whatever. We've got to be there for Kate. And I was excited that they're making, they were documenting it. I was like, this is great because for mostly because I want people to know Kate's story because I think it's incredibly inspiring. And I think it's really tragic that she was injured and it's still affecting her on a daily basis. I mean, she shattered her pelvis that it's hard to come back from that, but she is totally kicking ass it's awesome. And she crushed the record that day. And I almost had to quit in the first hour because <laughs> I blew up my lungs. <laughs> I was like, oh, dear God, I have like a furnace going on. You know, we were up at 9,000 feet. And I was like, like basically having like an asthma attack. 
back. But I was like, I don't want to quit. You know, I want to be here, but mostly I wanted to be there for Kate. And I was like, whatever, this is going to be a fun ride no matter what. Um, and I was pumped that they wanted to do that. And, you know, the thing is like, I don't want to get into a thing of like double standards or why do they get to do that? And I don't, I just want us all to do it. If yeah. we want to, <laughs> I want everybody to take the approach that they want to, if they want to document yeah. stuff. Great. If they want their dad and their brother, there doing it great. If they don't, and they want to be alone and they don't want to, you know, tell anybody they're out there. That's great too. It's like, this should all be fine, you know, and I, I don't know. I don't see a problem with any of it. So I, I love seeing more and more people share their stories also because like you're, you're going to reach different people, different people will relate to Lachlan Morton than me, you know, and that's fantastic. It's like more of these kind of traditional road racers are getting into bike packing or traditional racers in general, where they're like considering it and they're getting excited. And I love that. And I feel like these guys are really going to push the sport because they're great athletes. And they're also going to get their asses handed to them because it's actually really hard. You know, and I <laughs> realizing that, that they're like, Oh my God, this is way harder than I thought. You know, maybe they thought we were just joking around in the woods, <laughs> but it's tough. And that's yeah. cool because then, you know, they might come back to it again with like new strategies and new ideas. And, and that'll get, that'll just push the sport forward and it'll kind of change the directions where it's not just like everybody's, riding a hardtail with arrow bars, you know, people do different stuff. And I like that, you know, I, I feel like more creative approaches are good. Yeah. In a world of like, everybody's championing diversity. Why are we being so strict with rules that are at best ambi ambiguous? I mean, they change. I mean, I'm not saying AZT, it's a new rule. It's on paper. It's not ambiguous for that one. But if you look at the sport as a whole, it's like a shit show. It's like there is no governing body. There's no one core set of rules that, that you know, and, you know, kind of the, to Rue's point, it's like I, I'm wondering, and I'd like to get y'all's thoughts on this. I mean, would it make sense for somebody? I don't know who, but just write down a set of rules and, and everybody just says, yeah, those are the FKT rules, you know, instead of having it at the discretion of, each and every race director. And then also it's like media scrutiny. It's like, let's just like have some clear rules we can all agree on or not agree on, but just have them. And then like get rid of all the, like the shit talking kind of, you I mean, know? there's definitely room to like set kind of a standard for ethical documentation, mm -hmm. you know, and part, a big part of that I think about too, is trying to keep your vehicle off the course or, you know, trying to have some sensitivity to that because that's almost a bigger influence than most other things. You know, it's like racing Silk Road Mountain Race. The media vehicles dusted me several times a day. You know, it's like they just rip past me and kick up a bunch of dust. Or this woman would put her camera in my face with a huge flash in the middle of the night. You know, stuff like that. I'm like, that's actually pretty insane. You know, and yeah. then it's like, is that, is that a boost? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. You know, it's like I can't breathe. <laughs> I can't see anymore because I've just been blasted by a flash. You know, it's like that was kind of the experience of being treated like a zoo animal. <laughs> I'm like, thanks a lot. You know, I mean, and Rue was on one of those vehicle teams and she would actually care and she would just get 
pushed out of the side by like this lady who was just like in every single shot just didn't care you know so it's like there's there's a lot to discuss there about and about access to to the media i mean so this like silk road mountain race the the media team was supposed to you know be able to sell the photos at the end and then make money from the rate they they never saw a cent of of any of that and then the next year i was supposed to go to atlas mountain race and i was not allowed to have any media and i was also not allowed access to any of the photos that were being taken of me oh wow that's weird like what's <laughs> going on there you know they, because yeah yeah and so i'm just like this is you know controlled media is also very odd and also people are paying entry fees for this you know and then they're just being used yeah yeah. Yeah. They're being profited upon. Like they're the spectacle, they're the entertainment and they want to sell, they want to sell your image. They want to sell the video. They want to own all that. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. True. I, mean, I that- mean, it's just odd, you know, so there's, there is like a lot to discuss about the ethics of this, but to make it a blanket statement that you can't do it is, is sad and also not realistic. I, I really feel I'd like to get your y'all's thoughts on this, but like again, I come back to the an on your honor type system. Same thing we have in golf. You know, it's it's there for so many rules as it pertains to bikepacking. We we allow somebody to finish a race based on a, a GPS tracker and that's it. Maybe a selfie every once in a while. That's it. And 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 they say, yes, I had a clean FKT, first place, whatever it is. That was a clean run, no support, nothing. And we just take them at their word. Right. So why why don't we extend that same courtesy and that same principle that's already in place to this? Lael Wilcox, did you have a clean run at the AZT? Rue, did you impend or interfere or offer assistance? You know? Right. And and then and be accountable to yourself. Like, isn't you know, isn't that kind of I don't know a part of this is like, right. you know, being out there for the right reasons and 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 having accountability and people we trust that you're out there to do that. Right, I would hope so because I mean, ultimately, that's what it comes down to for everybody anyway. You know, so yeah, and I mean, it's that the spirit of all of this is supposed to be you know, no no entry fee, no prize money, no help, and that's it. You know, and it's like, well, isn't there a room to share those stories? I mean, there, there, there's no rule that says no sharing. <laughs> oh <my> God, no <laughs> friendliness. <laughs> Don't also, say hello to the person at the gas station. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. They well, those gas station people, you know, those, those will give you the boost, the biggest boost. Yeah, they give you the biggest boost when they're like, "Honey, you got this." I mean, really, you know, those people along the way, I mean, it's true like that, you know, the granny that's working the register that sold you the pie or whatever. And she's just like, what are you doing, sweetie? And oh, my gosh, I can't, you know, and I mean, you're like, yeah, I'm doing something out here. I'm doing something out here. Right. Because it's like, that's the other thing. Rue always says this. It's like, you're not riding through a vacuum. You're riding through real life. You interact with people as you go the entire way. I mean, I saw probably like four dozen people in the Grand Canyon. 
<laughs> they're all like, what are you doing? <laughs> but they would be cool too. They'd be like, you're my hero. And, you know, just, they're like, it's hard enough just to walk because I'm carrying my bike, you know, but I mean, so it's like, it's not like you're just out there alone. It's, I mean, yeah, it gets remote, but you like go in and out of civilization. That's the nature of these things because you need that. You need the resupply, you know? So it's, it's, I don't know, to, to make like a huge deal about somebody taking your picture seems just a, a bit odd to me, but you know, that's what we're dealing with. But I'm also like, at this point, we've been dealing with this for years and I'm just not willing to compromise anymore. So you know, we're heading to Europe tomorrow and every event ride or race I'm doing is because organizers reached out to me, asked if I would come. And I looked and thought, yeah, that looks like an awesome event. How do you feel about Rue being there and documenting it? And they're all ecstatic that she's going to be there because who better to capture images along the way, you know? So we're going for women's bike packing challenge in Spain. I'm doing a road race in Spain, trans Balkan race, uh, migration gravel race in Kenya and the West Fjords Way Challenge in Iceland. In all oh my of gosh. And that's just through June. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Lael. <laughs> so, and then we will be there to document everything, you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah that's a ton of work, but I don't want to put any more energy into these negative spaces where people are making our lives harder than they already are because that's already a lot to do. I want to tell you it is a breath breath of fresh air for me as a fan to hear that because I don't want you to be bogged down by this. I want you to be you. I want you to be to feel like I'm going to just yeah, charge ahead. I'm going to do what I know is right. I'm going to be accountable to myself and, you know, and, and do your best, you know, like what else can you do? And, and you have to let all that other stuff go. And I, I do not like, I I like to say I'm allergic to negativity. I hate it. I don't like controversy and I'm not trying to be controversial, but it, I just wanted you to be able to have an opportunity to address it because there's so much talk going on and it's not, I don't know, it's not fair. It's not cool. And I don't like it. I mean, I appreciate that. You know, the the thing is we want like this sport to be a welcoming space and be more inclusive. And yeah, I mean, in this time, it's hard to do that. It's like, yeah, I'm a white woman. I can't be the champion for everyone, but I can invite as many people as I can to come out there and try it for themselves. And they can be the heroes for their communities, you know, and we can like make this a better place for everybody, but we can't do that if we're scaring everybody, if we're telling them they're not doing it the right way because they're not following this one rigid line. You know, it's like, I want this to be more of a place where people try their hardest and they share that. And then that's encouragement for others, you know, and that's really, it's really gross. And I know for a fact that it's turning people off of, you know, what's going on. And I guess the good news is there's lots of other places for them to go, but I'd rather, (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather, um, be part of the, the community that wants to say, no, let's figure out ways that we can all participate and, you know, achieve whatever we want to do in our own way and celebrate that. I mean, you did something that's just like, it's, it's a fastest known time period. You can put an asterisk there, but that is the fastest time. You know, there's no, there, you know, there's no if, ands or buts about it. That is an amazing thing. And we haven't even talked about it yet because we had to like talk about all this other stuff. 
It doesn't, I know, you know, it's it's only damaging. It's only damaging. That ride was a real stretch for me. I'm not a good technical mountain biker. (laughs) I mean, I had flip-flop pedals with platform on one side and clipless on the other side because I was like, I'm going to wear my running shoes half the time anyway. So I can't ride this stuff, you know? And I was like, I definitely don't want to crash. I have a huge summer planned. I've got to stay safe. For me to like beat that time was huge because this is not my strength. You know, I'm like, I'm good at endurance. I'm not good at mountain biking. I'm a gravel rider, essentially, you know, so to take on this rugged, scary trail, I mean, I was terrified. I was like every single day I was like, Oh God, what's going on? You know, it's like every hour was challenging in different ways, loose trail, rough stuff, you know, bushwhacking through cactus carrying my bike through the Grand Canyon. I was like, this is running out of water for hours. I'm like, this is relentless. It is so hard, you know? So, I mean, I really gave it my all and I'm thrilled I got to do it. And I'm thrilled that it's over. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. Have the overall record? I didn't your mission. No, I didn't do the ride to get the overall record. I just did the ride because it's something I had to do. It's I've been obsessed with this since I had, since I failed, you know, I had to come back and finish it. And I was, of course, like my standards for myself are that I have to try my hardest. And if I don't, the horrible thing is that I'd have to come back and do it again. And I was like, I'll be damned if I have to come back and do this again. (laughs) So I just did everything I could to do it right. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh no, not a third time, you know? So I was like, I got to give it my all. And once I do that, I'm done, you know? So then I'm at that point. And then, you know, I happened to break the record in addition. Great. Awesome. But really the main objective was to finish the ride. And then we wanted to document it too, because I mean, that's actually the first time I actually saw Lil in a video was the REI Arizona trail video. Mm-hmm. I was working at the newspaper in Alaska and I was doing my research on Lil because I wanted to document her girls program in Anchorage and the photo editor said, check out this REI video. So I learned about Lil from like the Arizona trail. And, you know, that ended up being a failed attempt with media because Lil <laughs> couldn't breathe after the second day. I know, you know, and that, then, Sorry, go ahead. I'm totally with you, Everything's lining up, you know, the weather, and we've got a little bit of time before trip in Europe. And again, like, Lil's been actually dreaming of doing this, like, every spring. It just hasn't worked out. But, you know, it was actually last spring that uh, you no longer need a permit to shoot in the Grand Canyon. Like, if you're low impact, if you're not, like, bringing sets and props, if you have less than five people, you know, all these, we were just, like, fitting into this criteria so it's like, wow, we actually get to like document what it's like to carry your bike to the Grand Canyon, to have yeah. like people say, I'm not going to ask, like, well, <laughs> she's passing or like, bless your heart, you know, like all these little funny comments. It's like, that's, I mean, it was, it was incredible, but what you know, we didn't do it to take anything away from anybody. Right. You know, right. maybe we weren't as informed as we could have been about the rules, but I mean, the organizer said those were added two years ago. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's kind of like, and I'm sure more will be added next week. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, your name's Lale. You're not allowed to do this race. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's fine. <laughs> well, you're done anyway. You're, yeah. you're done anyway. It's just funny. It's like, well, I don't know. The, <laughs> the thing with 
bikepacking is that it's like a dream for photography, especially photojournalism, right? You're just observing all of these crazy things happen, right? You're seeing something like hike to the Grand Canyon. You realize that Lael does is eating her like ice cream with a toothbrush, but you're not going to hand her a spoon, right? You're just observing this. But then at the same time, like you're just a fly in the wall. So you see like a squirrel going through her food and you can't do anything about it. Or you see like her jacket flying away in the wind. You're not going to chase after it, right? Or you see her after you've been like waiting for three hours, you know, you're waiting for the sunset shot. She comes in around midnight. You can't shoot anyway because <laughs> there's no ambient light. And then she says like, she's been out of water for two hours, right? You can't give her water. So it's like, you're observing all this stuff, but it, like, it comes kind of with like responsibility, which we take really seriously. Right. Because if I was like to do anything, like that would just jeopardize Lil's ride. It already has, right? Yeah. But also, but I'm not going to receive aid because that's, that I think is a legitimate rule. If it's a self-supported ride, you don't get help. Right. You know, and even from, yeah, I mean, friends that come out with a banana, it's like, you can't take it. You know, that's, that's the rule. Then that, that's totally valid, you know, but I mean, emotional support through photography, I don't, I don't buy it. There's one comment we saw, like, you know, one of the photos was Lael wrapping up cheesecake, which is like super calorie dense that she bought at a store. And then somebody comments like, oh, like the media crew brought the cheesecake and the tin foil. And it's like, I bought it. And then it's like, I have like photos and screenshots of video of like Lael buying it and like doing it herself. And I was going to like post that, but I just thought like, all right. Like, even if I do, then what's the next thing that people are going to question? Right. right? Yeah. It's not, there's always going to be. Some well, then they're going to question the ice cream. Yeah. yeah right. Why does he give her ice cream, but no spoon? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But um, it's, yeah. It's, it's yeah. It is funny I though, probably, but I looked at, I, I saw the comment. I looked at the picture and it's clearly in a bag. You have other pictures of her with bags in a store going out of the store. So I, mean, I don't know. I, think I, I would I ever think like, Three cheesecakes during that ride. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. You eat and drinking the hot or drinking the salsa or whatever it was. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, I just need some fresh food. You know, I'd been eating like trail butter and JoJ bars, which is great. But I was like, I need something that's like has some liquid in it. You know, that's not just like the densest food that you can get it was like my gut is dying so i just drank the salsa and that really gave me a that gave me a boost oh it'll be in the rules yeah <laughs> no salsa oh i got some four chicken quesadillas to go wow that was the bomb yeah it was so good rue how are you how are you handling all this i mean it's you've come into the sport really through photojournalism and I think you've learned the ropes very quickly. I mean, obviously, being married to Lael, you you got an accelerated uh, education. But uh, yeah, how has it been for you to like just want to share a story, something that I know you're passionate about, and be met with all this hate, kind of? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, right? It's kind of I feel like, especially with self-supported rides, there hasn't been a lot of documentation, not because people may have thought it's unfair in the past, but because of the challenges of actually accessing and documenting and, you know, you, you have to be passionate about it, but, you know, I'm realizing that isn't that, isn't photo evidence and video evidence, like the best way to show that somebody did something like true and fair, right? It's just like, you're just showing what happened, right? 
And it's crazy that that the most kind of pure form is now being kind of switched around to like, oh, that's cheating. Mm-hmm. To yeah. show what is happening is cheating, right? But I, I don't think that's the issue. It's, it appears that like visitation is the issue, right? So, I mean. But somebody has to be there to take the picture. Right, or allow documents yourself. But other people have done that and, you know, that's great. But that's not really what we're going after. No. I yeah. don't know. I mean, like, that's not Lil's passion. Her passion is to ride. My passion is to this is, share the story. Right? Yeah. This isn't new. Ride the Divide. Twenty. 10, whatever it was, this isn't, this isn't new. People have been documenting this stuff and it has been extremely beneficial. How fortunate are we that we have those, you know, clips of Mike Hall, like how valuable are those to us as a community? You know, not only, I mean, all the things that he did, but to be able to go back and to relive and to watch and to feel his passion and to see his dedication. I mean, I'm tearing, I could tear up. It's like, it's emotional. It's powerful. And it's, it matters. Right. Exactly. It totally matters. I mean, to the legacy of this guy, that's such a treasure to have that, you know, and to discredit anything that he did because it was documented that, I mean, when I hear that, that sounds absurd, but that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I don't have, I, I, we've hashed it every which way up and down. I'm happy to talk about some AZT yeah. if you have a little bit more time. You got the good stuff. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't like all of it, but you know, there's a lot of people talking. So I had to say some yeah. stuff too. <laughs> I would say one last thing though. I mean, Do it. you are saying like a lot of people are giving us a hard time, but I would say 98% of what we receive is positivity and people that are so encouraged and so pumped. A lady wrote me yesterday and was like, last year I couldn't ride 10 miles. And because of what you do now I'm riding centuries by myself. Yeah. It's like I get messages like that every single week and that's incredible. So, you know, it's like, and I am also reminded by friends consistently, they're saying, don't focus on this tiny group of negative people when the overall picture is this wonderful, supportive, positive world. So it's like, we do get connected into this tiny little controversial, nasty, you know, mudsling fight, but really most people don't even know that stuff exists. Or, you know, then we share that story and they're like, I was really enjoying this until you started talking about this until you just started talking about the one negative aspect, right? We don't care about. So then it's like, great, you're right. We should just like, we should take the high road and not worry about that. But Patrick, when you were saying like a lot of negative, we're like, really? Yeah, I know. It hasn't been that bad. No, no, no. We are saying off Facebook. Yeah, I I did. After 2019 Tour Divide, I I stopped using Facebook because it, it was just too nasty. I, as a, I, I am allergic to neg- negativity. I don't usually go down this, but again, like after 2019 and it happening again, I mean, even with a milk controversy, it's just like, I'm just like, what is going on here? And so, yeah, I, I, know, I, I just get hammered. I feel like I'm like this very vanilla white, like nice person, you know, I'm just yeah. like, Hey, everybody should go bikepacking. And then I just <laughs> am a target. <laughs> Like well, you donate crazy. a lot of your time to help, you know, uh, people in a, like the grit program in Alaska. And I mean, you do all kinds of, you know, really positive things for the sport. And that is the focus. And I agree a thousand percent. Overwhelmingly, all the messages I'm getting are incredibly supportive of you. But there's a vocal and a small minority. And, 
It is what it is. It, and conversation is fine. What I don't like is the way that people are handling it. It's fine to disagree, but let's just be humans and talk. Like, y'all are real people. You have feelings. You have goals and aspirations and, you know, all kinds Somehow of stuff. they, like, mutate behind the computer screen. You know what? Yeah, I they do. Once have any have had anybody tell us this stuff in person. Never. Never. Not once. Oh, no, and we've seen the people and some of them and some of them have, just act like they're my best friend when I see them. Yeah. Or and I'm like, yeah, or they have what videos. do you think I didn't like hear yeah. about the stuff you were like the lies you were spreading about <laughs> me? I mean, or, like, or they have their own videos, but then when it, it doesn't apply to them, essentially. Right. It's yeah. a totally Another, different thing. There there is clearly a double standard. I mean, uh and it, and it's unfortunate. So but yeah, back to the uh, AZT. AZT. The ride was incredible. I had planned to start on April 7th. There was a severe heat wave in the South, and then it was dropping to freezing temperatures, like 19 degrees in Flagstaff. So I pushed yeah. it back five days and started from the Mexican border, and it was incredible. It was perfect weather uh, in the South, like in the 70s, first two days, really chilly second morning. But I mean, I think I really hit a great window of weather. I got through Flagstaff right before a huge wildfire passed through. Um, I got through the north, even though there was snow and dozens and dozens of downed trees, I could still plow through. Uh, and I'm just thrilled that I got that chance. I don't think there was a better time I could have done it. So everything went well. It was hard as hell. Uh, I was, I was reading my friends. notes. I was reading my notes. Did you mention the fire that you had to like navigate around i or, actually got through like before they closed the road right i mean i not navigate around but like you Basically, were able to so like i got north of flagstaff and then looking behind me i could see like plumes of smoke oh wow yeah so i mean you really hit it and really perfectly. sad because it was for the second half of the ride incredibly windy yeah and sometimes that like worked to my favor where i had a tailwind sometimes it was a pretty nasty sidewind um, but that's, I think what caused the fire to be, to spread so much. I mean, hearing yesterday, it was, it's only been contained 3%, you know, it's pretty, pretty bad. Um, but there was still snow up that was like in snowball, kind of up the ski mountain and Flagstaff. I was still, uh, going through snow, which is kind of wild. Yeah. That was weird that you had a fire going on. And then I was reading on Instagram that your water bottles are frozen at, at night. So it's like, God, I mean, talk about just an extreme and temperature swing and, and yeah. environment that you're having to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty extreme. I stayed in a couple hotels in the North, uh, to kind of avoid the chilly nights and mornings, which actually worked really to my favor. I pushed super hard to get to Flagstaff uh, and stay in the place there. It was a couple mile detour, but worth it. Um, cause I had to resupply anyway. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I really just tried to like strategize my sleeps. Like I slept before I went up the Mogollon rim, uh, which is kind of where you get to Northern Arizona and it's super chilly. I slept like kind of at the base because I thought, okay, I'm going to wake up. It'll be cold, but not freezing. And then I'll have a 1200 foot push to warm up. And then I did that and I got up higher and it must've been in the twenties. It was so cold. And I was <laughs> so glad I did that. Cause it was like the trail was just following like a stream. So it was absolutely freezing. Um, mm -hmm. but I just like, 
it seemed like every other night I would either push till like two in the morning to get somewhere, or I would stop at like 9 PM and then just wake up in the middle of the night to continue. And that really worked out for me. It was dark from like 7 PM to 5:30 or so. So I was like, anytime I sleep in the dark is fine. So whether that's early or like more towards early morning, you know, it's, it's all good as far as my timing. What, why sleep at night? Do you just sleep better during the night time? Yeah. And also it's just my speed drops, you know, you just can't see as well. Um, mm, I had yeah. really good lights. I had like a lupine light on my handlebars. I had a black dam diamond headlight, which helps, but like for riding all this technical single track, it's just hard to make as fast of progress in the dark. You know, it's like shadows kind of trip you up. It's hard to be as alert when you're getting kind of sleepier, you know, all this cactuses run into you. Exactly. I mean, (laughs) I almost like slammed into a down tree just because I was like, I was just getting so tired that final night. I was just like, my eyes are just closing and, uh, I'd come up the grand, I'd like meditated in the grand Canyon for an hour and a half, just to let my mind kind of focus. And then I get up to the rim, I put my bike together, I start riding. And then I was like, Oh no, I'm so tired. And I was like riding through all the snow and down trees. And I was like, this is really bad. Cause I can't like sleep on the ground. Cause it's too cold. Cause I had like a 36 degree sleeping bag. You know, I was like, I don't have the equipment to sleep in like freezing snow temp. So I kept riding until I got to like a crossroads and there was a forest service cabin that was locked, but it had a porch. So then I was like, awesome. Cause I can sleep on the porch. It's off the ground. It won't be as cold. And I slept there for an hour and it was probably the best sleep I had of the entire ride. I was just like in heaven and I woke up, the sun was up. It was like sunny and beautiful. And I was like, yes. And then that was like the next was like my last push to, to the finish. So I was pretty pumped. On uh, Instagram, there was a quote about you saying how like calm you were at the beginning or going into this and how normally you have more anxiety, more fear. But what's interesting about that is earlier in the conversation, you were talking about, you know, how scary this route is and how daunting it is. So like, where, where do you think that yeah, calmness was coming from? You know, the weird thing is I think I had like when we were at home and I was like looking through these one of seven data sheets and looking at the map and looking at, you know, looking at the tracks, uh, I was like, Ugh, like, this is terrible. I'd wake up in the middle of the night, like just thinking water, where am I going to find it? You know, <laughs> while I was home. And then as soon as I actually started, I had this overwhelming like wave of calm where I was just like, almost like in a trance. I was just like, whoa, like to the point where like within the first mile, I made a wrong turn. <laughs> and I was so out of it. I missed the first turn. And I was like, whoa, I better get it together. But I was just so calm for like the first four hours. I just oh, was like riding and I had... I, I just had like this kind of weird, like just very like soft, calm feeling, which was super cool. That's never happened to me before. Usually my heart rate is like through the roof and I'm so excited and I'm like, it's race time. And, and for this, I didn't really feel like that. I didn't feel like race time. I just felt like, all right, this is my time on the trail and yeah. I'm just going to go with it. And I didn't fight it. Cause I was like, I was like, well, maybe this isn't the fastest I could go, but I was like, you know what, this is kind of where my mind is right now. And I'm just going to go with it. And it I mean, works it's, 
it's over nine days. Like you can, yeah, you're going to experience a lot of, you can be calm and anxious and you got time for right. everything. <laughs> exactly. So I should probably ride that calm for a bit, yeah. you know? Yeah. Just enjoy it a little forever. bit. Yeah. It can't last forever. So there was a uh, hundred miles added on. That's kind of one of the John Schilling uh, is the new race director for the AZT. Um, he's local to Arizona as y'all are as well. And like, uh, one of the things he did when he took over is added like 127 miles or s- something along those lines. Uh, so yeah, your first time to see it. Not a lot of people have seen that section. In- any like thoughts about that section in particular? Yeah. yeah. I mean, one stretch of it was, um, through the four peaks wilderness and I loved it because, uh, it was like the climb was all on these gorgeous gravel roads. And I was like, yes, this is actually <laughs> what I'm born to do. You know? So I was, that was probably the happiest I was the entire time. Cause I was like, I'm climbing 5,000 feet on a beautiful gravel road with no traffic, with wilderness on each side of me with these gorgeous views. Um, and so that was awesome. And that was a new addition. That was a great addition. And then when you kind of get to the top, you descend on AZT single track, which Rue and I had actually hiked when we hiked the trail in 2018. Um, it's a bit overgrown. <laughs> <laughs> but I had brought these leather. FYI trail maintenance. Get out, yeah. on, get out there. <laughs> get out your clippers. I should go work on it. But I brought these um, leather work gloves. So I just put those on because then I could kind of like crash through all the brush without hurting my hands. Now oh, that's smart. Well. Um, and the nice thing about it too was there were like several creeks so I could get water. Um, cool to always cool to see water in the desert. Uh, saw some hikers and it didn't last too, too long. It wasn't a super long stretch, but that was a cool addition. There's some new single track through Babbitt ranch kind of North of Flagstaff. Uh, I mean, it's cool. It's there. It's a little weird. It's kind of like that, <laughs> like cow mud print single track. Oh yeah. It's like you're like riding hooves. I yeah. <laughs> was happy. I was happy. I had full suspension. I mean, I was happy. I had full suspension the whole time. Just oh, for sure. On that route. Yeah. Yeah. Miles and I, Miles Arbor and I from bikepacking.com, we did, um, uh, the Queens ransom route that John Schilling actually created there, um, out of Phoenix. And it was funny because we were both on like uh, hardtail, fully loaded, you know, it's like five days. And like Miles was all about the single track, but I was, there were sections that was double track gravel. I was like you, I was like, man, this is where I live. Double track black diamond or single track black diamond with a fully loaded mountain bike. I mean, I mean, it's cool. I'm glad I did. It's a good experience, but it it's challenging. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It'll yeah. beat you up. <laughs> yeah, so for sure. Is is that the re you mentioned earlier, like y- you might be done with the AZT, I, nothing to do with the drama, but you're like, okay, I, I kind of checked that one off. Like what is, what, where is that coming from? Is it just like, it's so hard or. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I will definitely go back and just ride sections for fun because there is like a ton of fun, challenging riding. I think by the end of it, my brain was just fried from staring down this single track trail for like 17 hours a day. Just like, it was just a lot of mental focus through the nights, you know, and being sleep deprived. And you're just like, Oh, it's like, it's just a lot of what I like about riding is that I get to space out 
And in this, yeah. I couldn't, you know, it's like, <laughs> I love long climbs where I could just kind of get lost in my own head. And then, you know, and then you get to the top and you descend and you focus a little bit more. Um, yeah, but this was sense. like pretty constant demanding focus. Some people that's their jam. You know, it's like, they don't want to think about how much they hurt. They want to think about the trail. I want to think about, you know, I want to just go to La La Land and think about whatever <laughs> I want. So I'm looking forward to more kind of gravel road riding, uh, you know, with little, little spurts of trail, but not so much dedicated single track. It's just, it gets to be, uh, a bit oppressive to me after some time. Yeah. It's, I mean, listen, I went and did, it was like 200 miles of that Queens ransom. And I was like, no, that's enough. I mean, it was, <laughs> it, it's, it's hard, you know, hard, yeah. yeah. anyone who doesn't know, go out and ride it. Like it's, it's, right. it's hard. Yeah. It's difficult. It's worth it. It's worth trying. Oh yeah. You know? but oh, then it's you're totally like, worth it. Of course you find the, I mean, I love the diversity of different rides. I love road. I like riding trail. I love riding dirt. You know, and then it's like, if I do too much of one thing, then I'm like dreaming of another one anyway. So I feel like I'm, I'm a bit burned out of, of single track right now. I'm ready to do something else, which is good. Well, that's one of the nice things. I mean, you've, you've gotten yourself to a position where you have a lot of opportunities. So it's kind of uh-huh. like, I mean, you just listed off like 20 things you're doing in the next three days. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I'm so grateful for, for all I get to do. And I'm so thrilled that the sport's growing like this, you know, it's oh, like yeah. people from all over the world are hosting new events, new races, new rides. Uh, and they're so excited about it, you know? So it's like to be part of that fresh energy is really the best, you know, where yeah. it's like, they're just trying to make it come together instead of being kind of staunch authority of how everybody has to do it. You know, it's right. like, I'd rather well, this, this upward momentum. 100%. There, there has to be room for all of it. And, you know, I've talked about on the podcast that, you know, we need to allow for different flavors of the sport. I mean, any way you want to say it, but we are multicultural. We're, we're a big planet. There's a lot of people, a lot of diversity and yeah, to be so narrowly focused and narrowly minded is, is damaging and it's limiting. And I'm with you. I'm on, I'm on the growth spurt, you know, I, I have, uh, the, the number one question that I got aside from all the drama was Tour Divide 2023. It sounds like you're not even going to be in the country. Or no, no, 2022 this year. Oh, yeah. It sounds like... Well, I definitely won't be at the group start. Uh, we'll be, I mean, at that time, that's mid-June. I'm going to be yeah. at the Migration Gravel Race in Kenya. <laughs> uh, and then after that, the West Way Challenge in Iceland. So I won't be at the group start and, uh, you know, I don't really have any interest in being at the group start of that anymore. I feel like I was pretty betrayed by that community in 2019. Um, if anything, well, we're coming back to the U S end of July. Um, you know, if there's, if there aren't wildfires and there's actually like the possibility for me to do a time trial, then absolutely. I'll try to fit it in, you know, but I'm also like not planning on that because, the past several years, that's just been, I mean, I even tried last year and it was terrible. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's so tenuous at this point if, if things actually will work out, but that's also, that's reality. And that's also some of the fun of it. Cause I love fitting stuff in if I can, you know, if I'm right. like, Oh, I, I get to do it. 
instead of like, this is my plan for the year, you know, and then that becomes so boring. Right. Plus I've written it four times, <laughs> you know, I've, I'm like excited to go somewhere new to do yeah. some different things. So it's like, I don't want to like dedicate the whole summer season, which is like the best time for bikepacking in North America and Europe to something I've, I've done so many times already. Yeah. The, the Tour Divide is a very, you know, important and iconic race for our community. And so I think that's why there's so much focus on it. I really like what you said about giving a little bit more credit to the Adventure Cycling Association that, I mean, really, I mean, they created the route, you know, and um, yeah, we other people have like taken ownership and kind of like set some rules and stuff, but it would, it would be interesting to like, see you do something like collab with them maybe, you know, and And I love those guys. Yeah. They have such huge hearts and they work relentlessly to keep this route like public and free and, and keep goodwill along the way, update the maps, update the resources and, and encourage people and, and like produce how to videos to get beginners out there and, they've been nothing but supportive to me and encouraging. And I just love what they do. Oh yeah. No, they're, they've been huge. And I like that you gave them a nod. Um, I mean, I have a a million questions, but y'all got to go to Spain. Is there anything we got to pack? Y'all got shit to do, man. I mean, is there anything that, that you wanted to say that we didn't get a chance to say, or, um, are you ready to just go pack and, and get on with, you know, the next chapter and, you got lots to do. You're busy. Well, what about you, Rue? Oh, well, you know, I guess we will be doing a couple of posts for the Radivus. So I'll talk a bit more in length about what it was like to actually document this and our approach. And, you know, I don't know how much journalist I, I get these like actual messages and I analyze them. Right. So it's like, I, I just think it's interesting, the whole thing. It's all kind of been a whirlwind. And then you're trying to deal with this while you're, you know, trying to find somebody like in a haystack, right? On their zone and trail. So right. I think it's like even now, I'm like scared to say, oh, you know, I can't really think straight. I'm tired. I can't say I'm tired in front of Lail after she's like been riding for nine and a half <laughs> hours, but I'm like exhausted. So it's going to be nice to kind of process that on like on, on paper, I suppose. And then Lail's going to yeah. write like a first person account on the Radivist and, um, We'll use some of my film photos for that. Yeah, yeah. that'd be super cool. Yeah. And uh, a video. yeah, and a video yeah. which is uh, Rue shot, but not will not be editing. Um, but that should actually be coming out super soon. That yeah. the slated deadline or the slated launch for that is May third. Yeah. So yeah. they're going to try to crank it out, and they're using my brother's music, which I'm thrilled about, and. Uh, it's some of the most beautiful footage I've ever seen Drew shoot. It's such so a beautiful It's going to be so yeah. cool. And then, you know, maybe releasing the video will clarify a lot of, of this controversy too, because maybe people yeah. will actually realize the importance of these things or when they see it. They could also see how it was shot. Like we went through every second of it and I'm like, there's never like a second where I'm like doubting like what we did. Like right. we were honest, it was just documentation. But you know, even saying that, I can imagine people saying like, "Oh well, you didn't include all the footage." Or but we stopped recording. But you know, we but did, we and did. also Rue's not editing it, so right. it's like she's not taking stuff out. Somebody no. else will yeah. be doing that. That's not even in the bikepacking world. Like you can't even control your own narrative on it necessarily. Like you can film all the content, but somebody else is going to have kind of the final, final Same. edit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It should be like fifteen to twenty minutes, something like that, and. uh 
I'm excited to see yeah, it. I'm yeah, I'm excited too. It's the first time we've worked with the Radivist for on a video. So something new for us and, um, and it'll be free, you know, which is always <laughs> my goal for I, the story. I had a, I had a thought, you know, we have this saying, it's like, um, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life kind of deal. And, and you, y'all really are doing what you love. I mean, Lael, you love to, to ride, you love to go fast. You love to push yourself. And you, I, I believe you also love to inspire people. Like you're passionate, you're bought in, you want other people to have access and to experiences. Rue, you, you come into this from photojournalism. I mean, you, you come into this from wanting to tell stories and share experiences and, and all these things, you know, and, uh, I completely forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> well, that that yeah that's super nice that we're you know doing what we love which is totally oh true. yeah if you never but there's an asterisk in bikepacking where it's like but you can't get sponsorship dollars or you can't work with a radivist or it doesn't count and that but i mean it's like unless somebody's gonna you know kick you guys a, a bunch of money to go and like fly all over and to you know do these things i mean you are a professional athlete at this point and it's not just bikepacking. It is every single sport. It's, I mean, it's on Netflix. It's, it's on YouTube. It's like advertisers are the ones that are paying for that, you know? Like, we're the spectator. You're the athlete. Sponsors are paying for it. And we're just entertaining, you know? <laughs> right. And that was always, like, going into it, it's like I used to work double jobs at restaurants to pay for this stuff. You know, first tour of I, Trans Am. And it was my dream that... The peop- that companies within the industry would pay for this stuff, that they'd pay for the media. Because the thing is like, yes, these are technically ads, but ads can be real stories that inspire people to actually do stuff. So it's like, instead of just focusing on products, we can share a story where we use the products. I think that's yeah, and- a better solution. And it's like, hey, you use this derailleur to ride this route, you know, instead of like, wow, look at this fancy, expensive thing. It's yeah. awesome. You know, it's like, I agree. The point is like, yes, you need equipment to do what you want to do. And there's a wide range of things that could work. I happen to use this one. And then that person that provides that gear pays for, you know, the, the project. Or at least we get our expenses covered. Or like we, for yeah. this, we're getting our expenses Yeah, covered. this one is not a money right. maker. No, no. It's, we're just getting the expenses covered. And I'm happy with that. I mean, that's great support. You know, it's not free yeah. to do this stuff. It's mm-hmm. like, I'd spend a hundred bucks at the grocery store every time I went there. Cheesecake costs something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, gas money, your time. I mean, it, it all, it's expensive and people who are so short-sighted, they, they, they don't understand any aspect of it. They don't understand what the athlete is having to do, the expense, the time, the effort. And then from a media crew, it's not a vacation. It's, I mean, from my own experience, you drive all over Timbuktu, you don't get the shot, you're pissed off about it. You go to another, you know, or whatever, you know, you wait and then it's night and then you don't get, you know, there's no lighting and it's, it's hard, you know, but I'm, I'm much, I'm, I'm on the kind of storytelling side. I'm on, I'm on Rue's side. You know, I, I have been the benefactor of, of the Rue, the, the REI video that you talked about, uh, with, with Lael's first attempt on the AZT. Oh man, that's a great fucking video. You know, like I remember that one and those, you know, my call to, I mean, all these, they, they stick with you. They impact my life. And 
I got into bikepacking because of that. And now I'm here and I hope I'm a positive member of the community. Like I hope I'm adding value, but I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for, you know, somebody like taking the time, the money and all the effort to put together a story and to tell it and put it out there and allow it to do its work, inspire people to go outside, ride their damn bikes and get off the fucking internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm all with you on that. And I, I love it. And I love that more and more of this stuff is coming out. More people are attracted to the sport. It's going from, you know, absolute nobody knows about it fringe to people have heard about it. You know, it's like the bags are sold in REI. That's great. You know, it's like people know that this is possible and that's all good stuff. And if they're curious, I want them to be able to try it and feel welcome doing that. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much. There's a lot of other things I would have liked to talk about today other than all the drama. Um, But again, I do appreciate taking the time. I'm sorry you have to deal with it, but I hope, I I don't know, man. I, I do, I do hope that just, I hope people listen and I hope people like consider and they stop being so judgmental without knowing like without even talking to you, without even saying, hey, Lael Rue, was it ethical? Was it, the, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that would be great. You know, that would be great. Ultimately, <laughs> I'm also to the point where I'm not personally, I'm trying not to be personally offended. And I feel like people should be able to have their opinions and their approaches and that's fine. And I, I would like the respect for, to have my own as well. You know, I would like some level of respect out of this because I feel like that's what I give others to. And, um, you know, if we can kind of deal with each other on that level, I'd, I'd love that. If you look at the internet and you go to like bikepacking.com or the Radivist and somebody else has an FKT like Kurt or, uh, I mean, I was reading all these comments. I was like, you know, and, and every single time there's one from Lale that says, oh my gosh, you did a great job. I'm so happy for you. You know, it's like, you're not like going in, you know, it's like you are one of the most positive, uplifting. If someone shatters your record or somebody does something, you're the first person to jump on and go bravo. And I agree. Let's, let's, let's put a little respect on your name. Yeah, and you could want the other, the best people to be out there performing their best and for things to go well for them. You know, it's like that's the that's the ideal situation because that pushes the sport forward. Because there's always going to be somebody that comes and beats you. There's always going to be somebody new, and that's exciting. I mean, like some of these new guys I'm racing with, like Madden from Switzerland. That guy could crush everybody, or Jakob Sliakin from Slovakia. I mean, this, these <laughs> athletes are like unbelievable. They're just not always present, but it's like the more that we can like encourage them to show up and quietly crush the whole field. Amazing. And then if Rue's there to take their picture, even better because more people could learn about them. And you then know? I'll interview them. They're never going to, yeah, they're never going to like hear about these guys that are like true heroes mm-hmm. you and, know? Positive people. and positive people, like great role models for the sport. Both mm-hmm. those guys. Yeah. Yep. I'm with y'all. I, I appreciate y'all so much. And like, like we said, there's so many people who do support y'all and, um, I'm, I'm happy to see that. And, and mostly I'm, I've been kind of nervous for you, but I'm, I'm happy to see your perspectives on it. I'm glad that you're able to just, you know, take it for what it is and, and move on and continue to just accomplish 
um, great things because my biggest fear is that people are going to be so toxic and negative that, you know, you're going to look at Rue one day and say, Rue, we can just go tour Baja Divide and make a film. Like it doesn't have to, you know, it's like, we can just, you know, like we don't have to do this, you know? And so I don't want to lose you. I don't want, I, I, I want y'all here. And I, I appreciate feel like what y'all we went doing. through a couple year rough patch of just like, it just was really oppressive. Well, we also made so many compromises too. Like the right, tour divide. The tour divide. Right, Rue first. wearing two spot trackers and not taking any footage of me yeah. and, and missing out on that, you know? Right. So I it's think like, forget it. No We're matter not doing that what again. we do. So it's like, imagine that like, for example, there wasn't a documentation, right? Then I could just imagine somebody saying, well, like what's the proof that Lil actually, actually did it? Right. Yeah. Like, I know her spot tracker says this, but how do we actually know that? Right. So it's like, at, like what, what is self-supported cycling? Right. It's like you're propelling yourself forward under your own power, taking care of all your own needs. Right. I don't know. Somebody takes a picture of you. Does that affect right, it? Then you're disqualified. I don't know. I think that's <laughs> ridiculous. It's documentation. It could be done ethically. It could be done unethically. Right. Yeah. Like anything, anyone could cheat. Anyone could do an ITT and cheat. You could do media unethically. You can, again, Right. Let's just start, give a lot of respect a to y'all. Rider, you know, and and I've also seen that too in races where it's like the the racers are like treating you know the checkpoints poorly, treating the other athletes poorly. You know, it's like they're basically the ultimate thing is like being a good, honest, positive person. And if you can continue to do that while you're sleep deprived and hurting, that's <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> like you have to. You know, you yeah. have to still be a good person. It's on you. We all decided to go after these things ourselves and we need to take responsibility for our actions. Yeah. And you got to be able to lay your head on the pillow at night. And, you know, I mean, you're accountable to yourself and people can have their opinions, but at the end right. of the day, you know, you, you know who you are, you know what you're trying to do. So, right. right. And I've thought about it so much too, because I take this stuff seriously. It's like, I don't want to be doing something that's not ethical. And I'm like, you know, with the tour divide thing, we, we thought about that for years. Like, is there something that's wrong with this and just spinning it over and over. And especially considering that there is this incredible double standard where other people are allowed to do it without any criticism. I'm like, well, if they are, then I should be too, you know? And that's kind of what it comes down to. If nobody could, and like we were all living in a vacuum and there was, you know, this kind of purest reality, then maybe it would be different, but that's actually not the reality. Like all these guys are documenting, having, having teams document them, getting advantages in different ways. And, you know, so I feel like, this is fair game. We have work to do as a community. And I honestly hope that this conversation will, will start a conversation and not a debate, not a fight, a conversation. Things to you think know? about. Things to yeah. think about. Yeah. All right. Go pack. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Patrick. So good to see you. Oh my gosh. It's Lael and Rue, everybody. <laughs> Usually we. <laughs> bye bye. All right. Bye. Y'all have a good one. All right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode, and thanks again to Lael and Rue. I hope you guys have safe travels, and uh, sounds like you're off for an amazing summer. I can't wait to hear about some of those at a later date. You know, like I said on the episode and online, my goal here is to hopefully start a discussion and add some context to this topic that 
keeps coming up, starting in 2019 with the Tour Divide and now with AZT. It's clear that this is a topic that polarizes and is very toxic in our community. And I think that there's an opportunity to do better. And I hope that this conversation was the start of that. In general, I feel like we're losing the ability to communicate and we're starting to break down people in very binary ways. And the reality is, is that people and situations and rules and, you know, even as this sport continues to grow, there is nuance, there is layers, there are people, there are feelings, there's efforts, there's all kinds of things that go into all of these things that we're discussing and to break it down into such black and white issue is damaging and it's sad to see. There's an argument to be made that Lael is the most popular and most significant and influential bikepacker that we currently have, and some people would say all time. And I believe that she has at least earned the respect of being able to share her own thoughts and her own opinions and points of view before everybody cast judgment on her. But hey, that's just me. Y'all do you. Thank you for being here today. Now get off the fucking internet and go ride your damn bike. It was the middle of the night. You grabbed your knife and you held it tight. The sounds of beasts kept you awake. The sounds they made kept you afraid. In the morning, you packed your bike. Memories forgotten from the previous night. You rode faster than ever before. Was it your imagination or merely folklore? Fear turned into strength as you pushed further. Every pedal stroke stronger and firmer. Your bike feels weightless. Your legs aren't tired. You think to yourself, just a few more miles. Bikes. Oh, death. Bikes. Oh, death.